0: Welcome to I'm Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking about career development. As always, if you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram at Thai, or email me at a period Matt period Lucas at gmail.com. I Love reviews and definitely appreciate it. So if you've been listening to the podcast and you haven't done a review, definitely do so. It means the world to me. Thanks, as always, to Patrick Rivera for helping me get this show started. Uh, He's been a tremendous help in my career, something that we will be talking about today. So uh, I'm just a few hours away, actually, from... Big trip. I'm taking Stamp over to the States on a seminar tour. We're going to eight locations in uh, or eight gyms in seven locations. Uh, So it's a pretty big trip. It's Stamp's first international seminar tour. The first time Stamp has, you know, really spent any time in America. Also, the first time in a very, very long time that anyone from Fairtex has done seminars. So there's a couple of reasons for that that I'll get into. Uh, today, I want to talk about a few things. Obviously, the tour. I want to talk about working at Lumpini. Then I want to talk about the, some of the things I've learned from Instagram. And lastly, the future of the podcast itself. So let's start off with working at Lumpini because that is a pretty immediate thing that happens every Saturday now. Um, obviously, I've worked commentating at a Muay Thai show for a number of years. I was at Max for five years, and now I am at Lumpini for Fairtex Fight. There's an increasing number of shows that have English language commentary. There's Lumpini World Championship right after Fairtex Fights on Saturdays. Uh, Thai Fight is coming back, so there's work there. Also, the Roger Demner World Series has English language commentators, which is great to see. I think it's a real uh, testament to the sport and that the sport is growing. The Thai uh, production team understands that they need foreign speakers to explain what's happening, to make this show exciting, and to access the foreign audience. Working at Lumpini has been really, really awesome, especially as now I'm the lead English language commentator. So I'm able to make decisions about the style of commentary, uh, what I want to do, also the people I work with. One of, I think, the best things that, or one of the best things at least for me, is getting the opportunity to help out other people that are starting or wanting to develop their commentary career, like Ally um and Maggie Bimon, who is a active Muay Thai fighter, also one of the first female uh, athletes and people to be regularly commentating at Lumpini. So it's been really interesting developing athletes and developing other commentators you know, when I worked at Max, it was I was sort of thrown into it. I sort of learned from doing it over and over. And there was some real pros and cons to that. Uh, in doing so, I learned things through repetition, a very Thai-style way of doing things. And I definitely learned Rob's style of commentary, which is pretty neutral, pretty um, heavy on just calling the action and being pretty value-free uh, in terms of okay, red is winning, blue is winning, uh, you know, you don't have a favorite, you're just you know, pretty straightforward about everything. What I've done recently is I've done a few videos about how to commentate, what are different roles, and over the years, I've also interviewed other commentators, uh, Teddy Mulvey, um, another English guy, some of the guys from Lion Fight. Um, I've definitely talked to Michael Chevello before, So in doing so, I've learned a lot more. I also recently got a chance to work commentary at the Rebellion Show with Kieran Walsh, uh, who I actually invited to commentate at Lumpini as well in the past, so it's very, very interesting. And I think for people that love the sport, commentating is growing and it is definitely something that I think has helped me understand the sport better has made me uh, be forced to perform regularly, uh, which can be very nerve wracking, but very, very good. You know, you are very much part of the fight. You're the voice of the fight. People are watching it, but they're watching it and listening to it through your lens. So it's very important to understand your words and also to understand how your input can influence the fight. So with that said, it's been a really, really good experience working at Lumpini. I'm looking forward to it. At the end of the month is the continuation of the Lumpini World Championship, or the continuation of the one championship tournament is the finals on October 29th. Also, the beginning of the year will be the Lumpini one championship show every Friday. Nothing official has been said in terms of who is going to be working it, but Hopefully, I will be. So we'll see what happens with that. The next thing I want to talk about is the stamp tour because I do think it's really interesting. Um, You know, I want to give you guys a little bit of a backstage look at what's going on and how I set everything up. So the way this was created was actually because about two years ago, um, Patrick Rivera flew me out to the states. For a business summit, I gave a talk and then um, did some work at the Muay Thai uh, Development League. So that flight got me over to the States with a little bit of money. At the time, Thailand was shut down because of COVID. So I thought, okay, I should try and capitalize on this and do a seminar tour myself. So I arranged for everything myself. I went to a handful of gyms. Um, I went to Austin well, I, I started off in San Francisco where I did a scoring seminar. I did a seminar in Austin, Texas. I went to Lion Fight in Boston. Um, I did some work in uh, New York. I went to Philadelphia. Then I went to Austin where I did a seminar. I I got to spend some time in Seattle. Then I did a seminar in Portland. And also I got some to spend some time in L.A. Doing all that traveling really made me understand, okay, this is sort of how you do things, this is how you set things up, this is prices approximately. Um, And I came back with a decent amount of money for myself. I also saw what it did for my career, just meeting people in person, uh, that connection is there that you can help build, that you can help other people even more by just going there, showing up, and giving them the help that they need and are asking for. So I felt like, oh, this is a great opportunity for some of the Fairtex athletes. Uh, I was pushing for Stamp and Smilla to go. Uh, Smilla's uh, fight schedule is a bit up in the air. But Stamp obviously just had a fight. It was a little bit nerve-wracking because... Uh, the seminar was set up shortly before the fight. Usually most gyms need about two months, uh, preferably even more in terms of advertising, in terms of building hype to have the seminar. Uh, for, so I was at like six weeks, so I had to book things pretty quick. And Stamp had a fight and I was pretty worried about the fight itself because Oh, if she gets injured, okay, the seminar might be called off. Then also if, you know, she loses, you know, what does that mean for the momentum of her career and the momentum in the seminars? Uh, Obviously, she won. uh, So it was a big boon. And also she had a big elbow knockdown. So that was very, very good. Um, And it really drove home, okay, this was a good idea. So what I did uh, prior is I made a bunch of t-shirts, also shorts. Um, I'm building out a mailing list for her um, and I organized all the travel. So I made basically a road map. We'll be going from San Francisco to Texas to San Francisco, Seattle, Chicago, uh, Vegas, uh, Virginia Beach, D.C. and New York. We're doing it in about two weeks, so it's a lot of time on airplanes and a lot of time in flights. Uh, but you know, if it's a long way to the top, if you want to rock and roll, so it's interesting doing that. Um, the way I have set up my seminars myself is I do uh, drills with people. Specifically, I do very simple drills, um, things that have helped me in the past uh, when I was fighting. Is m- You know, definitely pad work. But in terms of my own development, um, is drills. So I would do very simple, like, okay, you jab, I parry, and I kick back. Just building that muscle memory. We see in a lot of other sports that the athletes, no matter what level they're at, are doing drills over and over and over. You know, Kobe Bryant is going to the three-point line, you know, throwing the ball into the basket over and over and over rebounds over and over and over you know in soccer a lot of it is drills so I was thinking okay why do we not do that for Muay Thai and then I started implementing it for myself and it worked Uh, in terms of my own abilities and development the more I drilled things the more I was able to instantaneously pull it out of my pocket and enact it So looking at Stamp, uh, you know, we were like, okay, what should we teach? What should we do? Okay, why don't we work backwards? Uh, So we've seen her act a lot before uh, in fights and we sat down, we looked at her fights and we pulled out segments and exchanges of her fights that did well. Uh, And we looked at things that, okay, what are some repeated things that you're always doing that sort of highlight your style. Okay, you do a lot of like this rhythm, this zhang Okay, that is the first thing that we will teach is yolk, uh, which means to sway back and forth. You're basically shifting your weight from your foot, front foot and to your back foot. Uh, this allows you to sort of set up a metronome in your head um, and to sort of figure out the other person's timing and also to effectively counter. Uh, So that is the first thing that we did. And then we looked at, okay, you know, what happened with, say, Janet Todd? Okay, you catch the kick and you punch. Okay, that's a good one. Okay, what about uh, Jihan Ruzun? How did you set up that big elbow that knocked her down? Or, you know, what about with Alma Juniku? Uh, What about that first head kick that got you into uh, one championship? Okay, you leg kicked, you leg kicked you fake the leg kick then you went to the head okay these are all great uh, techniques that we can uh, show people and so we made a video that will be sent to the people that were that go to the seminar that way they can review the techniques so it has fight footage and then also explanation of the technique with me and stamp demonstrating it and then her being like oh this was against uh, Janet. This was, you know, the elbow against Gihan. This is, you know, something I did against Bai Nguyen, uh like that. So, you know, I've seen this sort of style with Liam Harrison, and it works very well for him. So I'm seeing how it goes for Stamp, and I believe it will be successful. Uh, definitely, Liam is a big influence in terms of you know how I am looking at the business of the sport, especially because he is so successful. He's done a lot, a lot of things right, and I want to help Stamp and other athletes do the same. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to it, I did an interview with him about a year ago. Uh, I would say it's one of my best podcasts because we don't talk about his fighting, we talk about the business and how he structured his career which i think is a lot more important than okay you you know okay you catch the kick and then you punch and then you throw it and then you kick like what matters more is to me and how i am seeing fighters develop and also my own career is how are you structuring your career what path are you taking what pitfalls are you falling into That's a lot more important than how fast are you running through the jungle. Uh, You know, no matter how fast you can run, it doesn't matter if you're falling into, you know, the quicksand, if you're getting tripped up. uh, You're just not going to make it out of, you know, the jungle alive. So, that is the stamp tour. I'm very, very excited about it. I'm also going to be vlogging it. One of the things I have started doing more is vlogging. Uh, I will continue to do that for the Fairtex Training Center uh, YouTube, which I've monetized. um, And I made basically a proof of concept uh, with a day of the life uh, video at Lumpini. So it's a back behind the stage sort of look at Lumpini and what it's like. Um, So looking forward to doing that in the next week or so. Uh, The next thing I want to talk about is a little bit of... Uh, My Instagram and what I found useful there and how it could potentially help you. Okay, so there are three basic things that I have changed. Uh, One is now I do breakdown videos every week. Um, What happened with that is uh, Patrick Rivera suggested that I do it because people don't really have an understanding of the game that much and don't really understand high-level Muay Thai especially stadium style so I was like okay why don't I do that uh, I also saw a big hole for it you know there yes there's other people like Lawrence Kenshin that do it uh, but his stuff is pretty light and also really heavily favors already popular athletes like Bukow or Sanchai which is great like I I, you know they definitely deserve credit and stuff But there's more athletes in the world, and I would say better athletes than Bukau and Sanchai. So I want to look at different athletes, different fighting styles. And so every week what I do is I pull a video from YouTube or something that I've personally recorded. Then what I do is I sit down and I watch it. And I watch it again and I watch it again. Then I slow it down. Then I try and pick out two or three things in the round that I'm really noticing a lot. So I recently did a video on Johnson on. He fought in America um, for a middleweight belt fight. So there were a few things that I really noticed. One is his use of hand control uh, to basically defend himself as his opponent was rushing in. Then also the damage of his leg kicks. So a lot of athletes don't understand, okay, I've done damage, I haven't done damage, this hurt, this didn't hurt. And when you don't understand that, you are unable to capitalize on it. This happened recently with uh, Tainan Lei. She fought Rungnipa Por Mungpep. And Rungnipa's leg was, uh, it was pretty fucked up. It was messed up. Tai was landing leg kicks. There was a big bruise. So when that happens, you sort of really need to like keep pressing the button, really go ham on the leg kick. And Tai didn't really realize how her Rungna was because Rungna obviously has a lot of experience and was able to mask it. So in this fight with Jong and his opponent, I really try and highlight some of the areas where you can see the damage on the leg and how the person is walking on it, the stiffening of the leg um, usually. So there's a, a few things that fighters will do when the leg is hurt. Uh, one, it will start buckling in. Two, it will, they'll start bouncing on the front foot uh, to protectively uh, get ready for the block or potentially teep. Uh, they will start walking forward into the clink and or they will switch stances. So what we see in this video with Jonxon on is the guy, uh, his weight gets uh, shifted and then he stiffens his leg, which is a pretty uh, clear sign of damage to the leg. He also jumps into the clinch a lot uh, with flying knees because he's trying to make sure the distance between himself and Jonxon on is not there for the leg kick he's trying to protect his leg because he knows there's only like you know one or two leg kicks left in his you know legs basically so i found a lot of success especially on instagram with them uh that's where of course the majority of my audience is um i'm trying to grow more on youtube but it's you know we see how things go uh i'll probably spend a year or two into it and you know decide there. In terms of just how to do it, I definitely encourage people to do it. Uh, so like I said, what I do is I watch it, I watch it again, and then I watch it and add notes. Uh, so I'll add notes to it and then put some arrows into it. I use Final Cut Pro for everything. Uh, it's You can use other editing software. In the past, I started with iMovie. Uh, that's where I got a lot of my basic editing sort of background in, is just iMovie. Uh, you can also do stuff on your phone now. So, if you have an app like CapCut, you can um, download an Instagram clip and just do a 15 second breakdown of it. Uh, slow down the speed of the clip and then point out, you know, maybe two or three things that you are seeing that make this fight interesting or make the fight different, or are pivotal points for you in that exchange. Uh, so for me, for instance, the pivotal points in a lot of the exchanges with Johnson on and this fight were Johnson on's hand control, his looping punches, and then his clock control, and then also the damaging leg kicks. I've learned a lot from watching other coaches and online people like Barry Robinson, Uh, who does a lot of breakdowns. I've also looked at other things on YouTube uh, to sort of get ideas from. I do think uh, Barry is pretty smart, but he's also very uh, pedantic and a bit um, abrasive with the way that he talks. And so, you know, if you do look at him, take him with a grain of salt for sure. So definitely encourage people to do more breakdown videos. It worked for me. Um, I think it will work for you. It has definitely developed my eye and understanding of the sport. Basically, you know, doing film study. People like Mike Tyson are very, very well known for having sat down with Cus D'Amato and watched heaps and heaps of boxing and understanding the history of boxing. So let's move into the next subject, uh, which is the sliders. So... Uh, If you've noticed, I regularly do every Monday is an inspirational slider. Uh, I want to talk about how I do that and how you can potentially do it. So I originally got the idea from this guy, Chris Doe, who is a designer. He's very accomplished. He actually has interviewed Onion Topic before. um, And he is a big proponent of sliders. Basically, it's uh, primarily text over, you know, between seven to nine slides uh, and each slide has a point to it. So I saw that, I wanted to try it out. I used an app called Canva to make it. Uh, I use the same format every time. uh, So it's relatively simple. Um, What I do is as I'm reading and going about my day, uh, someone will maybe say something and I'll be like, oh, that's a good idea. Oh, okay. Muay Thai is a game. Okay. That's, you know, that's a good thing to talk about. Muay Thai is not fair. That's a good thing to talk about. Um, You know, development in Muay Thai. Let's look at some of the other things that I have talked about in the past. Just give me a hot second. Muay Thai is a game. Oh, success in Muay Thai. Um, You know, retirement. Uh, people are being heroes. I did a very successful campaign with Rebellion Muay Thai, uh, where it was Muay Thai is beautiful, which is a slogan of Rebellion Muay Thai. So that did well. Muay Thai being a performance, Muay Thai being risky, uh, it being a game of systems, it being about money. So taking these big ideas basically and sort of expounding on them with Each slide, you know, really trying to hone in on primarily one or two points um, and keeping the theme consistent, the writing consistent. So and every time I do them, they get a lot of shares. So let's look at some of the metrics for this is the Muay Thai is money or there is money in Muay Thai. Um, It reached 80,000 accounts. Got shared uh, 368 times, uh, 1,152 saves and 43 comments. Okay, the Muay Thai game, Muay Thai is a game of systems, reached 84,000 accounts uh, sent to 406 people, 1,536 saves and 28 comments. So each time I'm getting a lot of feedback on them, so they're doing well, I will continue to do them. Uh, It sort of broadens out my reach a lot and exposes me to new people. I think it's good for the sport. I think it's good for the people that read it. I get a lot of um, shares on Instagram about it, and it seems to really resonate with people. So I will continue, and I would suggest if you are interested in that, You should do something like it. Uh, Look up Chris Doe. He has an Instagram carousels course, which I have not taken. I've basically taught myself. I do have a little bit of a copywriting and English background, but I don't think that will halt you too much from doing it. So definitely think about it. One other thing that I've done is I have switched uh, the majority of the content on my Instagram from... Uh, posts and sort of photos into doing face-on interviews a lot of them are collaborations and it just seems like a good way to spread the spore and sort of in some ways go back to what I was originally doing which was photos of athletes with uh, quotes and you know information about them so I'm doing the same thing but now I am doing video of them speaking and They are performing well, so I will continue to do that, and we'll see how things go. The last thing that I wanted to talk about is the future of the podcast. So the podcast is about four years old. I've been doing it for some time. I haven't seen a ton and ton of traction with it. Uh, My numbers are always about the same. Uh I have had some people help me out with professional editing before, but that hasn't really moved the needle that much um also you know i'm not I've started doing weekly news shows and putting it onto the podcast. The numbers for the news shows are not amazing um but I have consistently been doing this once or twice a month in depth interviews with people, so I do like it and I have learned a lot. It is a little tiring and I feel like at four years uh, I haven't seen like a ton of growth out of it. So I'm not necessarily sure yay or nay if I will continue with the podcast. I do think that I will probably continue because I want to put at least a year of work into doing the weekly news show Uh, I have had people physically come up to me and tell me, oh, the new show is very good. It's very helpful. So I do think that is a good resource is relatively short. And uh, while it does take me time to do record and edit, uh, I do think that it provides a lot of value, especially just highlighting things that are going on here in Thailand and around the world. There's not a lot of new shows in Muay Thai right now. So I think, you know, doing a five to 10 minute show every week uh, is beneficial. Other sports definitely have these things. If, you know, more people come on board and start doing them, oh, maybe I will stop doing it. But I do think it is a valuable resource for now. But we will also see what happens in the future. I will commit to continuing to do the weekly news for another at least six months, along with continuing to do the podcast, but long term, I'm not sure what the future is, yay or nay. So as always, if you like this content, definitely let me know. It definitely means the world to me uh, to hear feedback, to listen to what you guys think, um. You can DM me. You can uh, send me an email. Definitely interested in getting to know what you all want and need to understand about the sport. So this has been On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. See you soon.